four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. This is Main Street Musings, episode five. My name is Jake, and I am joined today by Sunny Eclipse's biggest fan, Brock. Ooh, Sunny. Still paging Mr. Tom Morrow, Tanner. Mr. Morrow. <laughs> and he crashed the Astro Orbiter twice, Eric. I'm getting there, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we believe in you, Eric. Yeah. You're going to do great. <laughs> a real life re- a reflection of my real life struggle to get my driver's license. Uh-huh. <laughs> Aww. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> All right. So if our little intro did not clue you in, this episode revolves around Tomorrowland. Oh, wait, Tomorrowland? I had Adventureland notes. Mm. Well, guess I'll have to wing it. So we challenged ourselves for this one to come up with a new attraction for Tomorrowland. However, not using an existing Disney IP. We (gasps) needed to come up with an original idea. Let's define that phrase, IP. Go ahead, Brock. IP stands for intellectual property. Eric, more thoughts on intellectual property? Uh, So if somebody owns an intellectual property, uh, it can be like an idea, like for instance our mulan episode the ip of that episode was mulan right like Mm -hmm. an idea that we are creating in the abstract that is uniquely ours so not based on any pre-existing characters or stories or anything else that disney is known for we are going to be the writers of our own story should be a lot of fun and i don't see any reason why we shouldn't just jump straight into it yeah unless you have a reason tanner nope i don't think there will be any intellectual property on this podcast (laughs) It's the part where we make a pitch. That would would be me. Eric. Cool. Let's Uh, hear your pitch. So uh, my pitch is I am not familiar with Tomorrowland in uh, Florida. So mine is going to be more Anaheim specific in the second story structures that once housed the people mover will be creating like a full scaffolding for like a second about 20 feet up in the air, which will house uh, the World's Fair, the year 3000, which will contain uh, its own assortment series of flat rides and themed attractions that are rotatable so things aren't as static as they could get in like the indoor spaces and things like that so it'll be a fully outdoor world's fair kind of themed more steampunky and so the world of the sky world's fair Year 3000. Cool. Sweet. Let's see who's next. Me. I'm next. Okay. So my idea is for a roller coaster. I know in Walt Disney World, they've got the Tron coaster coming, but you know, my idea was for a a different coaster because I thought thought there was enough thrill rides in Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. So, but my idea is for a time machine roller coaster. Mm which is kind of a tribute to the time machine ride attraction that used to be there with Robin Williams. It was called the Timekeeper, I think. That does sound right. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was Robin Williams and his, his trusty assistant, Nine-Eye, was the camera. And it was basically just one of those, you know, the, the theater that goes around and you stand yeah. in the circle and look at screens. Circle vision. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> 
<laughs> have we? <laughs> no. <laughs> Everybody who matters at this table has. So my idea was you get in this roller coaster, but instead of a normal roller coaster car, it's enclosed. It actually has a roof and windows, and you sit in this, and it's an actual roller coaster, and you're going to go through different times. So you might go to the dinosaur time, you might go to the future, you might go to the 1700s, and you're going to be traveling. And you're going to have this guide, which is like a character of some sort of maybe a robot kind of a throwback to the timekeeper and part of the the mechanics of this uh, the front windshield of the ride is going to be angled at a 45 degree toward you so there's going to be a screen hidden in the dashboard of your roller coaster vehicle which will project onto that which gives you the pepper's ghost effect similar to what's used in haunted mansion so it'll look like you have a hologram floating in front of you as your guide and narrating as you go through oh cool so it's kind of like your motion sims or star tours but you're actually moving through animatronics and props and I think it could be really cool. That that does sound really it's interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. Next up, Brock. <laughs> All right. So the big thing about Tomorrowland uh, that's kind of flawed in its conception is the idea that it's looking to the future. And as we all know, with the attractions that have come and gone from Tomorrowland, is that we are all those. Are, that's a constantly changing goalpost. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, we are constantly passing that point. And also, the future is bleak. Yeah. Often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of go Disney's whole point of the future, especially with Walt was trying to paint a happy picture of the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's exactly. Exactly right. But I mean, you look at like the Carousel of Progress, which is all about looking at this happy future. The last time they updated it, you know, the happy future looks a lot like the 1980s. (laughs) Um, My pitch is, and while this might be one that might grow outdated a little bit, I'm calling it the Tower of Possible Futures for the moment. And like you said, the future can often look bleak, but I think I'd kind of like to incorporate that into this. And let me finish. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So what this is, is going to be a ride system similar to the Tower of Terror in in Orlando. I know. I know this is weird. It's the Tower of Terror in Orlando ride system where the car can operate separately and then also do the up and down of the drop. And by operate separately, you mean how it moves like a car. Yeah, how it can move like a car forward and backward and it can go almost on a near trackless system. And so the way this ride would work is uh, you're slowly going up, uh, spiraling upward through these rooms that are possible futures. And each room you start in, it seems bleak. You start in a room, let's say it's about the environment and we see, you know, a scarred landscape we see crops that have died and all that sort of thing and we have a narrator it's kind of going to be in the tone of a spaceship earth now that explains that this is possibly what we have in store for its environment and then it changes using a combination of projection mapping and uh, hidden animatronics and a lot of uh, sort of stage magician effects Mm. Uh, it the room around us changes into something beautiful a beautiful lush landscape and then we can do the same in the next room it's ravaged by war but then it's about human togetherness And then the next room, it's about, you know, overpopulation or something like that. And then it's about space exploration and possible, you know, Mars colonization and all those sorts of possible futures that we're looking at. All of which it's going to be these branching timelines that may or may not happen, unlike other future rides that kind of nail this is the future and then we get up to the top of this tower and we see outside the world around us and you know the the well-respected character actor who's doing the voiceover is going to say something like and here we are arriving to the future we are standing on a precipice all you have to do is leap and we fall and it's a drop ride at that point and 
as we spin down through, we see all these flashes of possible futures. So it's kind of a weird, optimistic take on that sort of looking toward the future. That's my pitch. Very interesting. Oh, wow. A little deep. Yeah. For, yeah, for, for Tomorrowland. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it, man. I think it's, it's cool. It's kind of going for a... Yeah. And then you go listen to Sunny Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See what you got. All right. So I guess that leaves me. So my pitch is for a new show called Adam and Molly Q present technology of the future. This idea involves replacing The Incredibles Dance Party with a new original show Thank where host Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Where hosts Adam and Molly Q present future technology and science experiments that go hilariously wrong. In the same vein as the Muppets' great moments in history, there are multiple shows guests might view throughout the day from anything including wacky robots to futuristic pizza ovens. Huh. Huh. Neat. That's kind of cool. The name's a lot. Yeah, Adam and Molly Q. Actually, are we cool to start the question and answer? It's the part where we do Q&A. Okay, my first question and hopefully answer is why the names Adam and Molly Q? Who are they as characters? Like, what's their deal? Well, the names are just basically were my attempts at science puns. (laughs) I love it. Oh, like Molecule. That's actually awesome. <laughs> yeah, so the names are based around science puns, and they're basically going to be our hosts. They're going to be performing as like your typical kids' TV show host. So they like they'll bring are, out, actors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're live performers doing this and bringing out different things. So like I mentioned a robot that's supposed to clean your house, and obviously things go wrong, and the robot starts cleaning the wrong things and breaks down, and they have to cancel the show early, and that's kind of the bit gotcha. it is it's the future but everything's going wrong every time they try to show off their brand new awesome technology it's aimed at younger kids to make them laugh because we're taking away the incredibles dance party that's aimed at that demographic so it's kind of insulting to that demographic if you ask me yeah, yeah the incredibles so, dance party sorry <laughs> your, your idea is not insulting so my goal is to replace that with something still for that demographic but that other people could enjoy and find joy in that's not quite as insulting as the previous yeah. Sure. Yeah. show yes well, my question is for Jake. Yes, sir. Um, I was. I, I love where yours is going. What is you were to put it on a scale of like one to ten? Mm-hmm. What is the intensity rating of your roller coaster? Ooh, well, so that's tough because at Disney, I don't think they would ever want you to go above seven max, right? So I would want to keep it, especially pro- if you're telling a story yeah, yeah I, I would i would keep it it wouldn't be super intense we're, sure. we're talking maybe like uh, dinosaur or indiana jones okay which okay. in fact dinosaur is a time traveling ride but i think this would be a much better way of doing one yeah and it's, and, and this right. wouldn't be limited dinosaurs specifically limited to going back and seeing dinosaurs the my idea is that you can change and go to a lot of different well, places speaking of you keep you, uh, you I'm, I'm i suppose i'm just confused because you're listing different places as a possibility would that change depending on the so well that's one of the things places. i want to discuss but i'm thinking almost like um you know on a lot of rides you go through different rooms mm-hmm. i'm thinking kind of like each big section is a different time period okay what as do you, you go just uh, do you have any thoughts on what big time periods you might like to see well i was hoping to get some uh, ideas from you guys but i think perhaps the 1700s would be cool like american revolution i would say the dinosaurs but that was done with ellen's energy ride and it was done in dinosaur and and they have it literally on the train at disneyland yeah it's on the train at disneyland so i don't know that we need to do dinosaurs yeah. again mm-hmm. 
Um, but it might be cool to see stuff like that. Uh, or maybe mammoths. like a th- what? Woolly mammoths. Yeah, woolly, yeah, maybe yeah. woolly mammoths. Or like in the original Timekeeper ride, they went and saw the World's Fair uh, back when it was in Paris. I don't remember what year it was. So maybe something like that. It's almost like a, a time traveling. So we're in over California roller coaster. Kinda, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh Eric, uh speaking of the World's Fair. Yes. I've got a question for you. I'm wondering what are your like what are your centerpiece attractions gonna be? What's like your favorite? Uh, that is a, a, a aspect of this that I kinda struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be something that I, I would want to discuss more at length, but it would I would definitely want like like a sky spinner kind of thing. A little um, similar but yeah. not the like same a as zephyr the kind of thing kind of, okay yeah yeah that's kind of more suspended on like the string with the cars being themed as like a little mini pilot we're in um flying through the air in uh like a sky gotcha sky captain kind of world i guess my my other question yeah. uh, i'm sorry if i interrupted no please um, but my other question is going to be kind of about this the steampunk aesthetic mm-hmm. i i guess i'm just curious as to why that aesthetic if it's the year 3000 because it's in the sky okay Uh, and that's the closest uh, and that's uh, not me ragging on it i love steampunk so i was just wondering if there was the two things i was kicking around in my head would be like in the sky or on in the water right like the year 3000 we're not on land anymore and because Mm. it's easier to to do that (laughs) over something than it is uh, underneath water that was kind of where we landed also i think that I mean, this is just a little bit of a discussion point, but I do think that's a striking visual on the uh, mm-hmm. the Magic Kingdom skyline is the fair in the sky. That's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. I was going to add on to that. I just think uh, it's also the whole steampunk aesthetic, a future that never was, that kind of remains timeless Yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah. longer yeah. than like trying to be like, this is what it will actually look like. I feel like that right. captures the spirit of tomorrow i love how the spirit that you're capturing in yours brock i think it's a really cool exploration of what tomorrowland means Mm -hmm. yeah i was definitely uh looking at more of like the old educational side of disney because a lot of those rides in the past have been a little bit ideological than they were yeah (laughs) one one thing that's interesting is (laughs) before you pitched your idea you i didn't know what your idea was you had said to me that you thought your idea might fit better in future world than Mm -hmm. in tomorrowland future world and epcot Mm. and i didn't know what you meant by that but now that i hear your pitch i i agree i i think you're right. It does seem more like it'd be like a perfect fit in future world. Yeah, like I said, it. But I, I don't know as much about Tomorrowland. I was kind of crafting it in my brain, and I accidentally uh, kind of stumbled into the territory of both Carousel of Progress and the uh, the Spaceship Earth. Right. But with that fu- that time travel sort of element. It's the part where we vote. I really liked all the ideas. I think in this instance, I'm going to vote with Tanner's idea because I hate the Incredibles dance party. I hate the fact that it is in Tomorrowland. It is the worst thing that has happened to Tomorrowland, even worse than Stitch's Great Escape. I think it is the stupidest waste of resources. As usual, Jake is motivated by spite. (laughs) And I would love to see Tanner's thing that makes much more sense and would be a much better show in its place. That is my vote. All right, who's the next vote? Oh, it's going to be Tanner. Okay, I am going to vote for, let me just say, I love all of the ideas. I really would love to come back to Brock's in a future world episode because I do think it captures the spirit of Epcot so much more. And 
I think even if we're getting a Tron coaster in Walt Disney World, we got to give land something. <laughs> so I think a time travel coaster would be a really fun thing to explore. And I think we can flesh that out a little bit more. Okay, cool. Eric, your Great. turn. So it's interesting hearing you guys talk about how it relates to Epcot more than Tomorrowland. Again, uh, not to hammer this point ad nauseum, I'm not as as into the, the Florida scene as you guys are. Uh, so when I heard Brock's pitch, uh, from what I understand of how Disney or uh, Tomorrowland has been represented to me uh, growing up through the years, uh, it really struck a chord with that. That said, uh, I am willing to defer on your guys' better judgment as to that being uh, something that we could approach because I do want to talk about it. That's one something that's something that I I want to keep on the table because I really like it. If you guys feel like it's better suited for Epcot, well, we can do that. Then. Honestly, it's my idea, and I'd like to say I, I agree. I think it is better suited to Epcot. At, at cool. least in 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 Walt Disney World, it seems more like Tomorrowland is more like the cartoony fun future. It's more Jetsons. Than yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it's like Jetsons. Yeah. Anaheim. Whereas is, yeah, um, it, Epcot Future World is like that's where they talk about um, like living with the land and. Which is right. like environmental stuff and you know all of that. That's more an Epcot, right? So the, that was my only thinking on that. No, absolutely, and, and that makes sense. And I, as long as we're willing to reapproach that when it comes time, because I think the idea is very strong. I'm also going to go with Jake's as well. I love Adam and Molly Q. I think it's super flavorful. We just haven't talked about a roller coaster. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That seems, <laughs> that's something I, I want to do, and it seems like a really cool idea for one. So that's going to be my vote today. Okay. And Brock. All right, for a second there, I thought we were going to have a four-way tie because my vote is going to be for Eric. Um, I really love that the steampunk future that never was sort of thing and never will be, but always will be. And that world fair up in the sky just sounds really incredible to me. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what Tony Baxter was trying to do in Paris, but he wasn't able to. And I, I, that is the one I'd love to talk about. That being said, I do want Adam and Molly Q. I'm just afraid we might not have as much to talk about. So I'm saying it on the record (laughs) right now. Adam and Molly Q should replace the Incredibles. (laughs) That thing is awful. I think we're all in agreement that that is, uh, a genius pitch to replace something that is dead weight. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I want to revisit that one for sure, just to really hammer I really it. would love to. Okay, that being said, yeah, I'm voting for Eric, but I believe that gives us a two votes for Jake. I believe yes. it does. Congratulations. Right. Congratulations. Well Jake. Hey. I'm excited to talk about this one as well. All right, so I guess we're going to move into uh, talking through this pitch then. Yeah. Now, okay. I should say I, I did not think through where this would go in Tomorrowland. I just said this would be good in Tomorrowland. Sure. So I don't I don't think we need to discuss that because, I mean, you think about it, there's not a lot of space in Tomorrowland. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is... That's up for the uh, city planners to decide. Yeah. <laughs> That's not our problem. We will find the space. Yeah. So uh, I guess my, we should start off probably some sort of pre-show in the queue line that mm-hmm. sets up the whole time travel thing. Absolutely. I think this is going to need to be like a uh, rock and roller coaster style pre-show where you stop and you watch a thing just mm-hmm. because time travel is always going to be. There's always so many ways it could work. and. Right. You just want to make it clear exactly what you, the audience is going into. Yeah. I love that. I, and, uh, if we could make it especially futuristic, my favorite version of that that I've seen is in the Indiana Jones line. 
where they oh, have yeah they have the, that's uh, one of the best Disney queue lines. It's mm, so yeah. good, and they have the video like the black and white video of the guy explaining how the jeeps work and stuff like that. Yeah, being able to to really theme that up into the future would be cool. Absolutely, yeah. because yeah. So, so many of like those sort of Tomorrowland things, it's just a very boring. You're going on a spaceship, but right. you know you you get. You really gotta. I, the rides that I love the most are the ones that are themed, and they always have the best queue lines. Yeah, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So I think really getting that part of it themed. Yeah. So now looking at at dinosaurs queue line, I'm specifically looking at dinosaur because it's another time travel ride. I I think we can do better because that yeah. essentially, from what I remember, the dinosaur queue line is kind of like a museum, and then all of a sudden you're in like this facility, and it's like yeah, you're in like the back room and there's pipes and yeah. i get that that's and the that, point. that works well it works right, for so, the, yeah yeah so like it really works forced. right so that's i don't know so i know like with alien it was like that company that was like working on portals but, or whatever it was do we not necessarily want it to so, be a company or is it I don't like think we want it to be a company i like in tomorrowland i feel like we have a lot of like corporate this is a new thing that we built what right. if like they themed the land itself to have had like a time rift open and they've built oh, it neat. yeah and yeah, they've built like a structure around it to protect people from yeah and then the queue is you're sneaking into this like dig site where there's like a time rift oh that's interesting and you're getting onto like a pod thing and you're actually driving through the rift and that's when it drops you into the roller coaster i yeah i think pitch it as we're brave explorers yeah, yeah not not we're sneaking uh, in i think well it's... i think there's a way to do that right like but this is part of a brave exploration so i was actually thinking as eric was explaining that is there a way to tie this into c in the future oh let's quickly explain I, so what yeah let's c talk about is. c the society of explorers and adventures so disney c is the second park in disney tokyo um so there's disneyland tokyo and then there's disney c which is fleeing entirely around this fictional group called the society of explorers and adventures who in some cases retroactively are a group of characters they're sort of turn of the century explorers and they have been connected to a ton of disney park uh, themed attractions yeah Almost every Disney park has references to. I think it sounds yeah. sweet. I and would Eric like to learn just, more. I think Eric would really like. I think it. Eric would be a huge fan. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and to answer to Tanner's point, I think you can absolutely theme that. And then going away from what I was talking about with sneaking in, which is a little iffy in a Disney park, right? Love trying to like break the law. Not unheard of though. Right. So a uh, time rift is opened. The League of Explorers is offering, or the Sea is offering sojourns through the time rift. Mm-hmm. And so, like guided sojourns from one of their characters. So I'm wondering, because most of the characters in C are from turn of the century. I don't know that we have any modern C characters. It, we don't. So is, Mary Oceaneer, I think. Is, is she close? modern? What if one of them I has come from a time uh, rift? Well, so that's what I was going to say is, do we create a modern character or... I mean, obviously, we're creating a character. Or is it somebody from the turn of the century who came to our century in the time rift? What if it is that person and that person's uh, descendant? So that person's descendant is the modern character. Oh, They've yeah. been reached out to by their grandparents. And now they're showing us like, hey, explorers, this is a new way yeah. to explore. So we're the we're mo- we are the time. modern branch of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. And yeah. you're being yeah. recruited into that, and this is part of like either an initiation or a guided tour or something like that. Yeah. So now one thing with C is part of the reason you probably haven't heard of it, too, is because they kind of keep it a secret. Yeah. 
which is what makes it a little cooler is that it's kind of like a secret society. So it'd be cool if we could have like a hidden entrance or, you know, and obviously you can't hide the entrance, but you know, where it's like, Hey, explorers, like, you know, come this way. We got something really cool to show you. Yeah. I mean, obviously you guys know, I love that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how I met Eric actually. It was like, Hey kid, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But no, that's actually, I think really cool because you get this like kind of secret thread throughout all the parks. And I love, adding things to that yes so now that will but you know most people who leave the ride at the end of the day are not going to be like oh i remember who the society of <laughs> right and so if we are. need it would be cool to like have it like maybe we go see harrison high tower when was he the 19 yeah, 1900 1899 to 1900 late ni- right late yeah. 1800s okay he disappeared in yeah. on yes. new year's day 1900 um so it'd be cool to like go back to the 1890s and anybody who doesn't know what c is is like oh sweet we're in the 1890s and the people who know what c is are like Hey, that's you know, yeah. High tower. But that's- I think what that is is that's going to be the start of our adventure. You know, yeah. we're going back to meet the, yeah. the the members of this organization and to learn more about our past, and they're here to and they're going to learn more about their future. Yeah. But then, and classic theme park ride style, something goes wrong. Um. So Sir Alfred Mystic is in the past. We're with his, uh, let's say, granddaughter in the present. Um. Who's kind of guiding us? Who is going to be this hologram? Is it one of them speaking to us? Is it his monkey? Is it because he has a pet monkey? Is it going to be maybe some one of their descendants from the future? Because I really love the hologram idea, the one guiding us through this adventure. I kind of like the idea of it being the let's say granddaughter who explains the reason we need to recruit people is because we can't cross into the timeline with our own family yeah something is a classic time guys i have to make a correction this was bothering me and i just had to double check it's lord henry mystic and his pet monkey is named albert (laughs) ah that makes sense Sorry. <laughs> I think it's important, too, that we get women guides of this kind of thing. Yeah, well. I, 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 I yeah, think it'd be cool to that's have. That's why. And, and, like, even the Society of Explorers Adventures is a little bit of a boys club. Um, so, but yeah, I, I think it could easily be that person. as a, the, the hologram isn't necessary. I just thought it was a cool. I think I, it's great. My original really idea good. was yeah. I'm driving in a roller coaster, but it's enclosed, and there's a holographic guide using Pepper's Ghost telling me where to go. And I yeah. think that's perfect because what this does is it gives us stories to a roller coaster that isn't just the queue line because yeah. most of ro- the roller coaster stories are going to be here's the queue line then you go through some things there's some animatronics at the end of it oh yeah. you did it yeah or it's just star tours and you're not on the track exactly. right yeah i don't right, want like, that's the thing is i don't want this to be another screen ride mm-hmm. which yeah. it seems to be disney's answer to everything all of a sudden because well, it's, it's the easiest and cheapest right, right? Yeah. like so that way we we get the best of both worlds yeah. we get the screen in the car but we're actually moving for through real locations yeah. and it feels real now i don't want the ride to be completely enclosed because you want to feel that wind on your face right no, i agree it, so, but I at think least the windshield would be perfect you've know, talked the first few episodes about moments right there's a there is a moment there where the first time that that opens up say like we're going back to like prehistoric or something or mammoth based and it opens up in like there's snow and there's like wind whipping through you after you've been enclosed going through the time rift right like that's a moment that kind of half enclosed half not enclosed also could solve some money problems right so you don't yeah. have to build an entire thing you can do partially it's on a track and it's visual and then part of it you can really bling out the scenery around you as you open up and have these cool moments right absolutely i i think maybe let's kind of plot out like 
the plot of the ride. Like yeah, we know sure. the plot, but let's t- plot out the beat. So the first beat, we're we know, in the queue line. We're going into the past. We're going to meet the society. Yep. Uh, we see some of the members. They're waving at us. Something goes wrong. We turn off. Where do we go next? I know that uh, obviously prehistoric or like ice age times are a big one, but I'd like to pitch like the Trojan War. Mm. Like oh, in the middle of a pitched historical battle. Maybe, you know, something ancient, obviously out of time and out of place, but in the middle of chaos where there are human beings and there is something. So that one's Human good. beings are hard, yeah. But humans are really hard with animatronics, especially to have the sheer numbers that we're talking about with the Trojan War. I mean, that could be partially the part of the one that's enclosed, right? And then we go from like a human full out into pre-human winter landscape. Right. I really like the idea of seeing the, just feeling the cold and seeing yeah. a mammoth. You know, yeah. that yeah. sounds cool. I think even if it's just for a few seconds and then you move to the next. Well, thing. I think what we could do is, you know, it maybe not the Trojan War, but maybe like medieval warfare. But you're, you're going through this small. It can be a fairly small room, but, you know, you just project bigness onto the walls and that they've come so far with projection mm-hmm. that there's so much they could do to expand a room just by using projection mapping on a wall right. but with the the closeness being the animatronic stuff and you're right. going so fast on a roller coaster i think each of these historical moments you need to be there just long enough to recognize what it is and for your guide to say something about it yeah, and yeah. like oh i'm trying to correct course and then oh we're now we're in the tundra and there's a man sure right. yeah i think that's cool one moment I just thought of this just popped in my head. I want to say it before I forget is what if we saw something that people would definitely recognize before it was something they would recognize and maybe they don't get it. So what I'm thinking is what if we saw Big Thunder Mesa before Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was there? You I know? love that idea, but I think it's going to just need to be like a silhouette on a landscape. Well, that's what I mean. I don't mean like and we like focus on it, but like what if we went through and it, it was just kind of like, hey, is that and then it's gone before you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just going to be like an Easter egg for the, the big right. Fans. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's guy. This this kind of thing is right for Easter eggs. Oh yeah, for brief moments, something that it would be hard to see on a first ride through, right? And that kind of plays into the sea idea of it, where there's some things that are secret and hidden, and only for those who are looking closely enough. So, but yeah, so I say, um, I like the idea of we're gonna try to go visit the explorers of the past, and then obviously it goes wrong. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, I think a good moment would... Is it sabotaged to, or is it just go no, wrong? No, I think something just goes wrong. As, as much of jerks as the explorers could be, like, because some of them are bad guys. Some of them are good guys, some of them are bad guys. They weren't mean to each other. You know, like, even though Hightower was a bad guy, he was never bad to the other explorers. Yeah, he was just more like an ethically corrupt, yeah. uh, like, imperialist. Like, he would of. steal artifacts from native people and stuff oh. like that. Yeah, so, you know, kind of based on the actual, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, like, the people No who, real history there. <laughs> yeah, and they were seen as heroes, but the Disney, the, the Imagineers kind of were like, no, look at these people, they're kind of villains. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, obviously some of them are heroes, but those are the good ones. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, sabotage also muddies the plot a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think so. I think maybe this this machine that she has that we're riding in, she she's, she's using that machine to harness the power of the rift, but the rift can still be unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, so it doesn't always work right. And she can snap in and out as a guide too, right? Like, yeah, I think so. Like, I don't think she's necessarily actually with us. I think she's just communicating with us through that hologram. And sometimes we lose her, and then she'll come back and be like, "Hey, I think I found you guys." Okay, Absolutely. now I'm gonna. So we yeah, have these she's, moments she's of she's like, trying to find "Oh us no, time where are space. we? We lost our guide." You know, and that I don't know exactly where it would be, but leads to like a great moment of like the hologram cutting out and the ride stopping. Oh, and you're just Almost. like floating in blackness. Yeah, like you're oh, stuck cool. in the rift. And yeah, then that's cool. Or maybe they're just like crazy lights around you, and you're not moving. You're just kind yeah. of drifting. Like one of those yeah. air brake things. Like sh- 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 everything yeah. kind of stops. Yeah. Like time it, and then she comes back, and then like a drop. Right yeah. Away. So like, oh, yeah, maybe neat. maybe yeah. there's yeah. lights on your actual car. And then you're look we're in like this big projection mapped room of the rift. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking almost like in Stranger Things. You know, like those crazy colors yeah. in that yeah. rift. And all of a sudden, like the lights in your car go they start out, flickering. And yeah, and implying that your car lost power, but you're still seeing all the crazy things around you. And I think that could be a cool moment of just sitting there and being like, "Whoa, yeah." Mm-hmm. Okay. That's sick. That being said, I'd like to talk about the vehicle. Sure. Yeah. I, that's going to change, you know, that's going to change a lot of how we're perceiving the events of the past that right. we're flying through. Are we flying? Are we driving like a car? How does this transport through time and space? What is its locomotive property? <laughs> <laughs> I think it has to be flying. Yeah, I think, yeah, that, I think so. Um, yeah. In order to get the correct vantage points of the things we want people to see. And then in like ancient battle scenes and stuff, that's all can, can be smaller and beneath you. And it yeah. might be easier to do, do something small. huge. You, know? yeah. you take that London scene from Peter Pan's oh, yeah. flight. And update it with modern technology. And you're flying yeah. over the Blitz or yeah. something like that. Not Maybe not that scary, but yeah, you know, but like that. take some sort of city scene and some historical yeah. event that you can see from the sky. And that, that, that scene right but there I is love, incredible. I love the idea where it's, again, sort of like Soren, mm-hmm. but it's in a very Disney specific universe. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. We're going to, like, you know, like you said, like London and then there's Peter Pan right there. Or we, you know, head to the Far East and we see Mulan, right? Like things right. like that. So that we know that we're not, obviously we're in a time machine. We're disconnected from reality as it is. But right. like yeah. to make sure that we understand that this is not, we are not existing in the same universe as this particular ride i think would be both flavorful and important to keep it from feeling too intense for people oh wait i just had a thought that that's not precluding any of what you just said but the the sort of thought of the cityscape i mean with what they can do with projection and all that sort of thing wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be awesome to fly over a city and see it start as you know just like a small settlement and build into a city like a historical city like we fly over new york and we see its progress as through a city that could be interesting and they could do that practically and with projection sort of a mix uh, that would be really cool. You know, you're flying through time at a pace faster than yeah. you know we could comprehend. Because you could even like the models of the skyscrapers could rise out of the ground. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, so that raises the question of how are we experiencing time in this? Which is, are we just hitting snapshots of time? Or yeah, I think we're I'd like to think snapshots, and, and then I think speeding and slowing as okay. we go. And then I think that that effect could definitely be used for once she finally is able to bring us back. We speed forward. Maybe maybe we're experiencing snapshot slowly going backward and further and further back in time because that's what we're trying to do at the beginning right you know we're trying to go back in time and then then we keep going back and then we're lost in space and then she brings us back and we see this incredible progression throughout all of time not obviously all of time but you know we see snapshots of that yeah that could be interesting that'd be cool the main thrust of it like really once we're in the time rift we lose a sense of story other than we're kind of jumping around. yeah now now the problem because cool we need places. to get home okay but we're, so, sweet. we're kind of enjoying 
what we're seeing. That's the story. And it, I, I think as long as we present it as like, oh, another one of these problems. Right. Like if it's presented <laughs> yeah, to us as long as, as it's not like, oh my god, you're going to die. Yeah. yeah. If it's like presented- in dinosaur, it's like if you don't get off, if we don't save you in the next ten seconds, these asteroids are going to kill you. And it's yeah. kind of like oh, fun. <laughs> and I think especially like the Society of Explorers and Adventures kind of have like a bravado about like sure. dangerous situations. Yeah, they're, they're like, like oh, ha, ha, ha. we laugh in the face of danger. How droll. And that is very Tomorrowland. Yeah, and yeah, so like, like we're we're in these dangerous situations through time, but it's not presented as something scary. It's presented as a minor nuisance. This is adventure. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, adventure. We're on this an adventure. adventure. Go wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's cool. And I think that way we can show scarier situations that you know they don't have to be divorced from this reality. But as long as they aren't presented in a frightening way, right? I think it's going to work for everyone. And then you get home and go check out Sunny Eclipse. and you know maybe like at the very end of the ride like somehow the hologram works and you see henry mystic like pop into the hologram and he like has sage words of wisdom right right. now it doesn't necessarily have to be henry mystic or yeah but whoever that yeah that ancestor is so it kind of implies that it worked at least to some degree and we get something fun out of it right cool i like it do you think we could get Ian McGregor to play Henry Mystic? I love that guy. Ooh. <laughs> or does he have to be older? Oh, I was thinking Ian McKellen. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that would make more sense. <laughs> All right. So yeah, what do you how do you feel, Jake? I feel pretty good about that. I we hadn't uh, and I hadn't anticipated the C connection at all. I'm so glad Tanner <laughs> brought that up because that really opened a whole new world of possibilities. I'll be honest. I have been I've been trying to make sure that I was not the first one to bring up C on this <laughs> podcast, but now that that seal's been broken, Listeners, be prepared for the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. <laughs> Who wants yeah. to do a lightning round? Oh, more than anything do I want yeah. to do a lightning round. <laughs> lightning round. It's the lightning round. So today... We have a drop tower. I think everybody is pretty familiar with what a drop tower is. Sure. And we have to frame it. I'm not frame it. We have to theme it to who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, please yes. let me go first. All right, let's roll that dice. Who goes first? Let me go first? Tanner goes first. Somebody want to get thirty seconds on the clock? All right. So Roger Rabbit has been getting into more trouble because of course that little scamp has been and today he's being thrown off of a building (laughs) simple as that and you drop down now here's the thing though this is roger rabbit he's a cartoon so these so with his powers he's going to be able to help all of the riders bounce back up and down to make this a fun wacky adventure for everyone nice Nice. all right and at 26 seconds i love it all right i'm up next and go all right, so this one I'm gonna I'm gonna just go straight from the movie. There's a scene in the movie where Eddie Valiant is dropped off of a building, um, and as he's falling, he encounters Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Now I'm sure we probably can't get the rights to have Bugs Bunny uh, in, in a attitude. Disney ride, <laughs> but um, I think that we're just gonna go straight from that, just falling off of the building, and there's the whole flagpole and that whole scene just as a ride. Bam! There's nice. my pitch. <laughs> this is a, a pretty. <laughs> I'm a very on on the nose theme. Yeah, it's very <laughs> specific. Eric. So I believe there's a scene in the movie where the villain Judge Doom drops a piano on somebody's head. We're going to be inside of the piano as it <laughs> drops on somebody's head as he's 
killing the tune that it's going to fall on. We land with a loud melodic crunch on the ground. Oh, God. <laughs> We're being swept away, and I'm out of time, Grant. So, in fairness, it doesn't happen in the movie. It's talked about in the yeah, movie. That is the main character's the tragic yeah. backstory. I know, yeah. So, we're seeing the backstory. We're we're not only are we seeing the backstory, we're experiencing We're living it. We, we are, are the But piano. don't worry, the, the piano's not dropping on us. <laughs> yeah. We are complicit in the backstory. <laughs> All right. And Brock, that yeah. leaves you. Three, two, one. All right, this is going to be Benny the Cab's Crazy Cab Ride. Um, so Benny the Cab is a tune, of course, which means he doesn't have to follow the normal rules of the road. Not only does he go side to side, forward and back, he can also go up and down. So we go on a crazy, crazy ride up all around, loop-de-loops, all that sort of thing, which culminates in a final way, 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 way up in the sky above 1940s Los Angeles. And then we fall all the way back down in Benny the Cab. But don't worry, he's a cab, he's a tune. It's going to be a great time. Nice. I believe Benny the Cab is your uh, ride host and uh, Roger. I believe so yeah. as well. Yes, he is. Job, yeah, you yeah. ride around in, in Benny. <coughs> well, no, it was cool because you could like turn the wheel and move like your independent thing. It was cool. Yeah. And don't forget to vote on our Twitter polls for which lightning round attraction you'd like to see us come back to at a later date. Anyways, uh, I think that's it, guys. Alright, yeah, I, I think we've Good reached episode. the end. That awesome. has been another episode. So, yeah. We Thank talked you. about our ride today. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode five. Tune in next time for episode six. Um, but in the meantime, Brock. What are our social medias, gang? Jake, what's our Facebook? You can find us at facebook.com slash Main Street Musings. Tanner, what's that Instagram? You can find us on Instagram at Main underscore Street underscore Musings. And give me that Twitter, Eric. I'm going to be at MSM underscore podcast. And I'm Brock. As always, he's Brock. <laughs> and as always, we're very disappointed that the Disney company will not actually be doing this. So I know, disappointed. I, I really want this ride, man. Jeez. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Adios. Bye.